Welcome to the Story Geeks Podcast. I'm Jay, and we dig deeper into literally all the geek stories that you can imagine, and we dig really deep. In fact, we have usually people tell us, I've never thought about that in regards to this film ever. Um, and I have Josh Taylor from Network 1901 with me, because this is the follow-up to our gold-blooming podcast that's available through Network 1901. Yeah. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing really well. And now I know Josh is doing well because I've been talking to him for like two hours. <laughs> but for true. the sake of this podcast, I got to act like I uh, just, you just walked in the room. That's true. We we do have to kind of act like something just sporadically happened. <laughs> we had to record it. <laughs> right, exactly. But we've been talking about Independence Day for quite a few hours, almost as long as that movie is, <laughs> but not quite. Yes, uh, that's pretty much true. We do that. And that's very common for the story geeks for that to happen. Um, We are doing a companion episode for the Story Geeks for every geek film that Jeff Goldblum is in. And we're actually approaching several films in our series that will not be geek films. But we just talked about Independence Day, which is totally a geek film. Absolutely. And so now we're going to dig a little deeper into that, ask a couple questions. Um, And I think these questions will will, will have some interesting commentary on them, I hope. Uh, so the first question I have for you, Josh, well, bef- let the people know about network 1901. Let the people know about gold blooming and. Oh, Modern sure. Mass yeah. Critique. If you've not listened in yet, you can check out, uh, gold blooming, which is not really a dig deep kind of podcast. We usually just analyze on a more basic level, uh, Jeff Goldblum films. We've got nine in total. We're not doing every film he's ever been in, but, uh, we're trying to pick key films as we go along. We're about, a little over halfway now, uh, and we hit Independence Day, so we're in the midst of the 90s. And uh, so you can check that out at network1901.com as well as other podcasts. We've got tons of other podcasts going on over there, and then uh, videos as well. So if you're into analytical analytical video stuff, uh, you know, five, ten-minute analysis on films, those are there as well. Yeah, fantastic stuff, especially if you like... Especially if you like anything Disney. There's a lot of Disney stuff. Not all Disney stuff. Not all Disney stuff. But a lot We're, of Disney stuff. We started Disney. We're branching out slowly. Yeah. You guys do a fantastic job. Go check them out. Make sure you check out the Gold Bloom podcast, too, just because it's way more fun than this one is. Now, I don't mean I don't mean fun from a standpoint of, like, I have a great time talking about the deeper aspects of these movies. Yeah. But in terms of, like, if, you're, if you don't want to feel like a heavy conversation, go listen to Gold Blooming. Right. It's not heavy at all. Yeah, right. Yeah. Intentionally it's much, it's, so. It's much more comedic and frivolous and fun. Yes. In fact, the best segments are sometimes the what would Jeff Goldblum do segments, which are completely ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. But also very believable. Are they? <laughs> if you, I think if you watch the Jeff Goldblum movies and you know his persona, yeah, they're kind of believable. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the two questions I have for you today, though, are... Um, are a lot deeper. So the first question I have for you is there's, we talked about in Transylvania six, 5,000, which is a completely ridiculous movie. I asked you a little bit about some of your thoughts about, um, these characters we see mummies, ghosts, uh, this, this whole aspect of, um, otherworldly, uh, characters that may or may not exist in our world. Yeah. Uh, in Independence Day, we get the sense that there are aliens out there. Well, we don't get the sense. Well, we don't get the we're sense. Told, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're told that there's aliens that exist out there. Um, these aliens happen to be uh, very <laughs> death-focused aliens that want to destroy Earth. But there's a lot of lore out there around aliens. Um, a lot of people who uh, follow uh, alien interactions. There's UFOs, there's green aliens, there's gray aliens, there's reptilian aliens. Um, what does Josh Taylor from network 1901 think about aliens? Do aliens exist? Will we ever find life on other planets? In what context will we find it? What does that look like? Well, Jay from the story geeks. (laughs) I love saying that by the way. Jay from the Story Geeks? No, Josh, Josh Taylor from Network 1901. Okay. Well, Jay Shear from uh, <laughs> the Story Geeks. I think that there is probably life out there, and I, I kind of have to put it back on us. Hmm. And so when we say, you know, uh, first of all, in Independence Day, they come and they're like, we're going to destroy everything. I don't think that that would be the case. Uh, I mean, I guess hopeful hmm. that it wouldn't be the case. But when I look at humans... 
and where we've gone, we've tried to conquer space in some way. And, and, you know, we're, we did the moon, we're trying Mars next and we'll keep on venturing as far out as we probably can. Uh, and we have no ill, like we're not going to the Mars to conquer it, to destroy everything so that we can live there. We would go to Mars to see if it's habitable, if, uh, if there is life there, if we could see what that's like mm. uh, and study it. And so I think they would come here with the same scientific approach of, is this a habitable planet for us? Are there people living here? Or are there, you know, is there anything living here? And and if so, how and why? Mm. And do they use the same things like oxygen uh, that, you know, we use or water or whatever the case might be? So I think that there is a possibility of alien life. Do I think it's intelligent? <laughs> I don't know. We might be the most intelligent thing in the entire universe, which is mind-blowing to say out loud. Yeah, you know, like... Yeah we are the one species that is more intelligent than anything else. I'd like to think that there's something out there that is just like us. Yeah. Uh, but if we do find life on other planets, it's alien life. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like single celled creatures oh, sure. or stuff that's more, um, blobby like, or like, like something that just like, isn't really intelligent. It just lives there yeah. like a fish. Yeah, you know, yeah, it just yeah. kind of like lives. Uh, if we found intelligent life, that would be amazing, though. Yeah. I'd be super excited be about crazy, it. crazy, right? Yeah, but I do think that they exist and they're out there. Okay. What was your question again? If there's, What are, you, what are your feelings about aliens? Oh, like, I didn't even get my feelings. <laughs> I'm fantastic with aliens. So you, so you think that there could be aliens out there. Um, and do you hope that we'll someday find them and interact with them? During my life? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, here's the thing. Do I believe that people have been beamed up and anal probed <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, like all the weird like stories that you see and like yeah. the Inquirer and stuff? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's been a person, maybe, maybe a couple of people. Um, but why are they always from Kansas? <laughs> you know, like why? Like It's a hotbed of activity. I guess, but like, <laughs> it never seems like they pick a lawyer or like a doctor or, you know, they always pick like Farmer Joe, not to knock Farmer Joe, yeah. but, you know, he hasn't seen uh, anybody outside of his family for three weeks. Right. You know, he's a right. little bit uh, cooped up, so things can get weird there. I don't know, like... I think there will be maybe within my lifetime. I hope that there is. Yeah. I'd like to see it. What about you? Would you like to see it? Do you um, believe? Do you believe? Are you a Scully or a Mulder? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I, we talked about this a little bit in the Transylvania 65,000 episode. I do believe that there are things other than humans out there. You, you talked a little bit about, um, spirituality being a component of maybe like uh, how the native Americans view spirituality. Right. Uh, I believe in spiritual beings for sure. Um, I believe that the scientific and the spiritual are, are oftentimes things that uh, coincide together. Right. Yeah. Matter cannot be um, created or energy cannot be created nor destroyed. And yet we can watch energy fade out of the brain when someone dies. Where does that energy go? Like, it has to go somewhere if it can't be created or destroyed. It goes somewhere. Um, there's lots of theories for where it could go. You could be reincarnated. You can go to heaven. You can go to another dimension. You can go to whatever. Uh, all of those are worthy of being explored. Um, when it comes to aliens and when I hear about people's alien encounters, it's very similar to how I have felt about ghosts. It's like, there's these things that people are experiencing. We don't have any evidence that I'm aware of that tells us that that is actually true. In the beginning of this film, we see uh, SETI, S-E-T-I, 
um, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, um, looking for act- alien activity. And we don't have anything. We have, we're spending millions of dollars to try and find it. We have not yeah. found it. Does it mean that it doesn't exist? Not necessarily. Like if it all of a sudden showed up, like if aliens all of a sudden showed up on our doorstep, would I be like, wow, that's crazy. I, I, I said there was no such thing as aliens. No, but I'm going to be more skeptical about it because I haven't experienced anything that looks like that. I think I have what I am gaining a better understanding of and what science is getting a better understanding of is the way the human mind works and how easy it is for the human mind to convince itself of things to, uh, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast the other day where a neuroscience was talking about sleep and the yeah. impact of like no sleep, what that does to you, how you can actually be awake hallucinating because your body's trying to dream. And I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, of course, if some people all of a sudden started dreaming while awake and they're thinking that there's aliens, I, I could see a, I could see a reason why that would occur. Um, well, the, we're also more, sorry to interrupt you, no, but, no, yeah. but you know, as far as dreams, we've also delved more into knowing about how our mind works when we sleep and when we dream. And we've been able to figure out uh, lucid dreaming. Yep. People understand how dreams work more. And there is a sense of reality to dreaming if you can manipulate it that way. Yes. Even if you, even if you don't go to bed thinking, tonight's the night that I'm going to be dreaming of aliens <laughs> and I know what's going to happen. Right. You might just have that kind of dreaming. You might just be very vivid in your memory. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I grew up being really afraid of aliens. I said, I, I told this on the Story Geeks podcast, a past podcast, one time where I said, I was deathly afraid of the yip yips on... Uh, on the Muppets? On on, uh, on Sesame Street. On Sesame Street? Okay. When, when we were kids, there used to be the yip yips. Yeah. Come in. Like, I was super scared of them. I, I would have dreams where there would be an alien ship show up just like it does in the film. Um, that we watched. I even had one dream. This is the scariest dream of all time. And by the way, whenever someone else starts telling you about their dream, it is the most boring thing of all time. But since it's relevant <laughs> to this conversation, sure. I one time had this dream where I was in my house, old house that I used to, that I grew up in, and I knew that something had just come over the house. It was like shading the house even. And then I was trying to figure out where my more my siblings and my mom was because my dad was at work, and I could hear coming from left to right, footstep by footstep by footstep. And I'm looking out the front window, just waiting for the alien to come. I knew it was an alien, waiting for it to come into my field of vision. And right as it was getting louder, boom, I woke up. <laughs> it was terrifying. That is terrifying. Terrifying. But yet, at the same time, I can I can take a step back from that and be like, yeah, well, what fears go into this this thought process about aliens, right? And I think it's very similar to the same set of fears and intimidation that we come to from the Transylvania 65,000, ghosts, mummies, that kind of conversation. Things that we don't understand, that we're not able to explain, and yet that we experience. We want to, our brains try and find reason and meaning behind those. And we look for things that we could put meaning um, and belief into that could ex- help explain the world a little better for us. And sometimes it's easier for us to, to, to go there than to understand what's really going on with us. I think we're also, as humans, very afraid of losing our spot in the food chain. Oh, I, I think you know, right now we currently stand, for the most part, as the top dog in the food chain in the world yeah. uh, and on Earth. And the idea that something out there trumps us that's yeah. bigger than better than us <laughs> right. and that could come yeah and is smarter than you yep. it can run faster than you it can uh zap you with its mind power <laughs> you know like it, yeah. that kind of thing is somewhat frightening the un, like the idea and in, in the movie in independence day you know they explored a little bit like how do you defeat something that you don't understand? Mm. Do you just shoot it with a pistol until it like maybe dies? We don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, like the whole helicopter thing of, of like, they take a helicopter up, they try and show light signals to it to maybe communicate with it. And then, uh, you know, they show this big blue beaming light 
and they just stay there like idiots because you know it's coming. <laughs> but like right. we would probably do that because it's like, is the light supposed to be showing us something? If we ran away, would that show off that we're afraid? Like what's the situation? And then they, you know, they blow us up. Uh, but I do think that we are afraid of losing that spot on the food chain as humans. I think that's, that's an internal fear. Like if I put you right now in a, a safari situation, like yeah. let's just say you went to Africa and went on safari yeah, and you fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. You, you gave midst- me a disease last time. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> you fall off the truck yeah. and there's just like a pride of lions there. Right, right, right. You are no longer the top dog. No, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. And that's a like very <laughs> frightening feeling. Yeah. As a human. Yeah. Because we are extremely vulnerable. Yeah. We've only done well because we've created tools. But if you take all the tools away, we're, we're nothing. I know you guys have dogs. Do you guys have, have you ever had cats? My wife's had cats. Okay. Yeah. There, we have a cat and uh, there's a show uh, on Netflix. I believe it's on Netflix called The Lion in the Living Room. And yeah. It's all about cats. Yeah. And it's about the cat, how uh, our modern domesticated cats are related to the big cats and if you own a cat, if you've ever been, if you've ever been the the owner or parent of a cat, you know that that thing at some point in time wants to eat your face off. Yeah. Even the little tiny domesticated cat, and our cat's super cuddly. Not ninety five percent of the time, she just wants to cuddle up next to you and purr and be the nicest thing on the face of the earth. But there is one percent of the time, or whatever it is, that she's like. I've had it with you, human. I should own this house. Like you're going down, and um, and so you're right. There's this inherent, and I think what I love about science fiction and fantasy, and comic books as well, is why we do the Story Geeks podcast. Is that it is not very rarely is it outside the realm of of possibility that we're dealing with a situation that we would encounter in a science fiction film. A lot of times what science fiction is, is exploring what humanity has encountered or could encounter in a different context that would give meaning and understanding to a, from a different point of view. So as we see these aliens show up in Independence Day, what are we replicating? We're replicating Christopher Columbus showing up in the Americas. Yeah. Why? Because that's what it felt like to Native American people at the time. And now we're saying, let, let me put you in somebody else's shoes and you see what it's like when they show up. Um, and there's obviously different aspects to that, right? Like sometimes it's we have a language barrier and we need to be able to communicate like a rival. Like we talked a little bit on the, on the Gold Blooming podcast. Sometimes it's, nope, these people just showed up to convert us to whatever new religion they had, kill all the people that don't convert and take them over. And that's history. And science fiction and fantasy uh, or comic books can be a warning to remind us via stories. It's an oral history in, told in another way with a different perspective to remind us of what could occur given more time because history has been pretty <laughs> cyclical. and We right. see the same things occur again. So that's what I love about these, these stories is that on the surface, it's like, yeah, let's go like kill these aliens. But if you really take it deeper, there's more to be communicated here. Now, for, for me personally with aliens, I don't believe in the green aliens and the gray aliens and the reptilian aliens. My brother ran uh, a, an alien uh, website. So I've actually drawn, I drew uh, this diagram of here's what a green alien looks like and here's what a gray alien looks like and here's the differences between them. And that was actually, if you did a Google search for a while, that would come up as like difference between green aliens and gray aliens. I'm like, dude, I, I did that and I've never seen either of these. I'm just messing around because my brother runs a web, alien website and he's been telling me about what those aliens sure. look like. Um, so I don't believe in that. Now, because I do believe in spirituality and because I do believe we don't fully understand the science of how our brain functions, I believe those two things fill in gaps where we would say the experiences have happened. Um, just like I would say the same thing about ghosts, but I'm not really fully ready to dive into the whole alien thing. Now, again, if aliens showed up all of a sudden, I wouldn't be like, Oh, well, I've been proven completely wrong and I was such an idiot because I'm open right. to that. But, yeah. you know, uh, I don't necessarily. Uh, there are some things that you'd say that I would say to you, Josh, do you believe in this or do you not believe in this? And you would kind of and you would go, 
I don't know that I've come to a conclusion and I don't know that I feel like I need to right now. That's yeah. one of those things that I would refer to the same way. Would you want alien? Like, okay, so do you want aliens if they exist mm-hmm. to come to earth in your lifetime? Uh, oh man, good question. Do I want aliens to come to earth if they exist in my lifetime? You know, I would say probably not. And I say that because I feel like life is, if it would help us to understand one another better and treat one another better and facilitate us working towards a better world or vice versa, understanding that we need to come together like they do in Independence Day to face off against these things because they're going to destroy us, then I'd say, okay, if it takes that, fine. Sure. But life is complex as enough. I don't <laughs> right. think I need aliens to show up. Right. <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I... I mean, I said you know before, like, it'd be cool to see them with my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of the same, like... I feel like if they never showed up in my lifetime, it wouldn't be like my life wasn't fulfilled. Right. You know, like I'm not uh, uh, like Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 <laughs> or like his whole life right. now is like devoted oh, man. entirely to, to aliens. I I do think if, they, if, if we learned something, right? Like if Elon Musk sends uh, one of his SpaceX things up into space, yeah. again, rockets up into space and it ends up finding something or like it collides with something, whatever. And it's like some weird alien ship or whatever. I mean, like that's pretty cool news. <laughs> I feel right. like I like the idea of living through history. Yeah. Um, there've been key moments in my life that like, I always remember this and I don't know, maybe it's cause I went to a bad school. I'm not sure, <laughs> yeah. but like history ended in my school textbooks in like the seventies. Oh yeah. Right. 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 And like, you always kind of want to be like, but I, I want to know like what I've lived through. I kind of want to see those things. Like, um, when, you know, regardless of your politics, it was pretty cool to have a black president Oh, for the first time ever yeah. in America. So, like, you know, regardless of if you're uh, if you're Republican or Democrat, like that was a history making moment. And my mom, you know, when that happened, she like calls me up and she's like, whatever newspapers you can find of this buy them. Yeah, because she just wanted to, have, you know, like those are the kind of moments where you go like, oh, yeah, I need Like, I'll remember the day, even though it was tragic and I'll remember where I was, what happened that day, um, you know when on September 11, 2001, yeah. when the World Trade Center went down. Yep. yep. Awful day. Yep. But now it's kind of like I lived through history. Like I was there. It's kind of a cool thing to say. Yeah. So if aliens came and I'm the first person or, you know, part of the first generation of people to have met aliens, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. By the way, uh, you made me think of two things. One is my wife, when this came out, lived in New Mexico. And you lived in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, she goes, this is so funny. She goes, yep, the people on the coasts are always screwed, but here we are. Like, we're in the middle of the country. Aliens aren't thinking about us. We survive. Yeah. I, I grew up in L.A., so I would have been toast. You would have been totally toast. I'd and like, toast. in Independence Day, what, they get in New York, Washington, D.C., and L.A. Yep. So they take the coast. They take the but coast. But for whatever reason... Aliens always take Farmer Joe in the middle of the country. <laughs> you know, like it's never just like, again, it's, so it's, it's never some doctor from a big, huge city. So uh, this is crazy town. Um, I got two stories for you. One is that I saw, I saw a UFO like literally a week ago. Um, again, I don't think it's alien. It was an unidentified flying object. The second one is I did, when my, when my wife was saying that, she told her dad that. Her dad uh, used to be Air Force. Um, her dad's passed away, but used to be Air Force, used to be a cop. Um, and he goes, yeah, but we live in New Mexico and a third of the nation's, uh, plutonium is stored in New Mexico. So if the aliens knew anything at all about America, they right. probably would come here. True. <laughs> yeah. So I got a chance to, to, uh, I haven't told this story on the, um, on the podcast. I got a chance to, I was out in New Mexico with my wife and we were talking to, uh, some friends of hers one of whom was a, a detective for the Albuquerque Police Department. And he said, hey, I've got a friend up at Los Alamos National Laboratories who's been wanting to give me a tour 
of Los Alamos National Laboratories, but I haven't been able to do it. You guys are in town. Would you want to? Los Alamos National Laboratories, for those of you who don't know, is like you walked into a movie. First of all, it was where Oppenheimer created the first nuclear bomb. Oh, weird. Uh, there was testing done at the Trinity site um, in White Sands area, but Los Alamos National Laboratories is where we were testing nuclear material. In fact, when you show up, they give you a little badge that's, that has that tests uh, that tests levels of radiation. So that if you were to get radiation that started showing up on your badge, you have to remove yourself from the area that you were in. It's the kind of place where you go through the front door, they take your license, they scan it, they give they take your cell phone and say there will be no cell phone recording. They 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 sequester it. And this guy drove us around in his SUV talking to us about all of the different buildings. The theoretical sciences building. This is where all the greatest minds in the world are just thinking about what could be theoretically different about the world, how it works, what we could create with the next level of whether it's weaponry, science, whatever. All the people, they hang out there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A lot of them are also on drugs. (laughs) FYI. Because they're trying to get their minds to think of these crazy things. Um also saw locations where they go, that location can no longer be accessed because there was a nuclear uh, physicist who dropped a cube of plutonium and instantly eradicated himself and every, everything else in the building. And that is no longer, um, there's too much radiation in that particular building, so we can't go in there anymore. Like, that's the stuff that's there. And we got a chance to just do a tour of it. That's scary. A third of the nation's plutonium. The same plutonium that is that is uh, that is uh, powering the DeLorean in Back to the Future yeah. is stored in this location, and there are what are called Bearcats. It kind of looks like a Humvee. It's like a Jeep with just missiles on top of it, <laughs> and you're like, "What? What? Yeah." So we that was a super cool tour. Um, so are yeah. they are they worried about Libyans? Is that <laughs> what's up? You know, they should be worried about fires because a fire came through there one time. Yeah. And they were like, we don't know what's going to happen because if this fire hits this plutonium, who we're out. knows? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, I think they've diversified some of the locations of the plutonium. Uh, at the time, it was a third of the nation's plutonium that was stored there. Um, and that's public knowledge, by the way. I'm not giving away government secrets or anything. Like that's, right. That's known. Um, we didn't get a chance to, to do anything that wasn't known. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't get that tour, uh, but it was a really fun tour. Um, the other thing I wanted th- that I want to talk about was the UFO that I saw. I, I'm sitting in the in this parking lot at the place where I work, and I look up at the sky and I see right next to the moon. The moon's kind of in its half phase, and in the, right next to the moon, I see this like this what I thought was a star at first. So I'm sitting there staring at the star, and I go, "That's weird." The star is kind of in the half moon. That's not possible because there's no stars that are closer to the moon. So what's going on there? And as I'm watching it, it just starts to kind of slowly move. And it's moving. I'm assuming it was a balloon. But it was very far away. So it had to be a large balloon. They always say it's a balloon, but it's probably aliens, Jay. It it could be aliens. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it was aliens. I'm saying it could be aliens. And if it was, I've seen them because it just started drifting away slowly. And one of my coworkers walked out and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? That's weird. That thing's weird. It's not flying like a plane, but it's moving. <laughs> like, what is it? And then and it, so she's like, oh, yeah, that is weird. And then we just got in our cars and left. And I never saw it again. But I could have been witness to the first imperial probe that has been sent by it's Grand coming. Admiral Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> Yeah, you could have. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen next? All right, it's enough of that. I've been talking for way too long. Um, last question I want to ask you. This is a little bit more of a spiritually-based question because it comes up in the film. There's a moment in the film when Jeff Goldblum turns to Will Smith. They're inside the mothership, which is still in space. They've traveled up uh, in one of the um, smaller spaceships into the mothership. They have docked in the mothership. They've uploaded the virus. And they realized that uh, they're not sure that they can get out. Will Smith says, what do we do next? Jeff Goldblum says, well, we pray. Cut to, it's not necessarily a direct cut, but a couple minutes later, we see uh, Jeff Goldblum's father. He's sitting in a circle of people, and they're starting to pray. And 
it's a culturally culturally relevant topic because we live in a what I would call a post-Christian society in America. It's not to say that Christianity isn't prevalent. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you don't see it growing. No. You see it shrinking. For the most part, yeah. yeah. I think I think not only Christian, but I think uh, religion in general. Exactly. And there's lots of stats. I won't link to them or anything, but go look at the Pew Research Center. You'll find a lot of information about it. In this post-Christian society, in this post-religious society, um, we hear a lot about thoughts and prayers, and people say, well, we'll pray for you, and then people say, that's really not enough. What is your perspective on prayer? Is it appropriate? Is it not appropriate? When's it appropriate? When's it not appropriate? What's your perspective on that? Okay, so it depends on where you're at and and how you're saying it. Because uh, in the social media world that we now live in, Something bad happens. Uh, typically, like Facebook goes like this: I'm doing fantastic things. I'm doing fantastic things. I'm doing fantastic things. And then you scroll down long enough, and somebody is like, "Oh, my wife's not doing really well. Uh, had to take her to the hospital tonight." Right. And then the next ten comments below it are uh, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Blah blah blah. Yeah. It's such a uh, standard remark now yeah right like it's uh, uh you know like when you now on facebook too you can get it as well but like if you type in something uh for facebook messenger and then somebody types you know like i'm like hey jay how's it going and then you say not too bad how are you it'll actually bring up like auto responses yes. now it'll be like yes 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 good bad whatever i feel like thoughts and prayers is an <laughs> auto response right 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 and it's frustrating because regardless of your religious background yeah. and whatever your type of prayer is, um, saying it via text through social media doesn't give me, um, it's not, it, not that I need satisfaction, yeah. but it just gives me the idea that you're, you're probably not thinking and or praying at all. Uh, like it, it is just like a thing to say. Yep. And the same with, um, you know, people who, who say that they want to do something, they want to make, uh, their lives better and they, or they want to make other people's lives better and they don't, you know, better their own life or whatever the case may be. Like, I I just feel like there's a sense of if you want to actually do it, go do it. Don't just say it. Mm. Uh, And the idea of, you know, hey, my wife's in the hospital. She's not doing really well. Um, I'd really, you know, love some help or whatever. Instead of saying my thoughts and prayers are with you, it should say, you know, uh, I'll pray for you, but if you need anything, just give me a call and I'll bring you guys uh, some hot dinner or something. Like that is, to me, like we, like, again, outside of religion, it is saying, I'm here to help you. Part of it is the praying, but I'll do what I can otherwise. Like, I'm I'm not only praying for you, I am thinking of you because I will do something to help you. Mm. And I think that we... Okay, this is a thing that, that actually does bug me about religion. Yeah. And um, this isn't a knock on anybody that's religious because I... Not everyone's like this. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. But when people are, let's just say you post on Facebook and you say, hey, got fired from my job. Uh, I'm looking for a new job. Um, Could use some prayers. Or, hey, I, uh, you know, got a new job. It's, it's a, it's a job that like, I didn't even think I would get, it's better paying. I didn't, you know, I'm so excited about this brand new job. You know, God showed me the way or like, thank, thanks to God that I got this job. It's like so many people put their faith into a deity, whatever deity you want. Yeah. Uh, and I'm fine with that. And you can believe in things cause I've believed in, in things too. I still believe in things. But give yourself some credit. Uh, 
Mm. You know, when you say, I got this amazing job, better than I ever thought I would, you know, thank God. It's like, thank yourself too. Like you put in the work right. to get there. Right. Uh, but then, you know, on the flip side, it's like, I really need God's help right now. Uh, you know, I lost my job. It's like you, and like, that's fine if you still go looking for a job. But like for some people, and I've met these people, I know some of these people that like they've been jobless for three years and they keep on saying, you know, Hey, I'm down on my luck, you know, can, uh, you know, still praying to God or whatever. And it's like, usually I find that when people are at their worst in life, they'll, they kind of become religious Mm. and it's fine. You can do that. And I like that. I, I like that people, especially, um, like yourself or other people too. Like when you go on, um, uh, I get, I guess trips to, you know, help out local shelters or whatever. I love that stuff. The community aspect of religion is fantastic. Right, right, right. The idea that like you can't get a job because of God or that you got a job because of God is silly to me Mm. because you're not putting accountability on yourself Right. You're putting accountability on a deity. And like, even if you believe that, that God has something to do with how your life plays out, we kind of talked a bit about that with, um, the, with Jurassic park. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Whether or not you feel like there's a life that's been planned out for you or not. Right. And God has something to do with that. You should at a little bit, at least feel like I'm, I'm the author of my own autobiography. I need to take charge (laughs) of my life in some manner. And whether that be along with a deity, whether that not be, it's just by yourself, whether it's your wife's by your side or your friends or your family are by your side, you need to still have some sort of accountability in your own life. And that's where I think the pet peeves kind of come in for a lot of people. And especially Mm -hmm. when you see shootings or, or some huge massive problem, uh, you know, massive disaster and you go, my thoughts and prayers are with the family of, of so-and-so it's like, okay, but like, why aren't you going to the voting booth and voting on new legislation? Why aren't we, uh, helping donate money to medical bills for these people? Like the, the communal aspects of religion that helping out at a, at a local soup kitchen or whatever is far greater uh, ideal than just saying my thoughts and prayers are with you. Yeah. Uh, that's really well articulated. I think, um, it's interesting because, you know, I heard that a lot growing up, like, you know, we're praying, we're praying or whatever. And, um, so I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. And I think a lot of people out there who do come from a religious background, it becomes so second nature for them to say that because there's inferred meaning in what that, in what that statement means for them, that it becomes something that you say, like, like if you sneezed and I said, Oh God bless you. Right. Um, or bless you or whatever, whatever I say, cause It's just, it's, it's a, it's just a response. The other person goes, thanks. And you just move on with your life. It's almost a polite response to have. Exactly. It's, 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 it's what do I, what do I say to this? I have no idea what to say to this. I'm just going to say this. Um, and it's almost like it's been worked into your psyche to say that. And I think what's happening in the, the cultural response to that is appropriate in that, one, we live in a society that is, despite the fact that we're connected online more than any other time in history, we are so disconnected in intimacy with one another to know where that person is really at. How do you even know what to pray for me? All right. you've seen is what I've put on social media. You don't, you don't even know me that well. Not only that, I, I've actually, you know, there's this, there's this joke I make that like I all sometimes wish somebody happy birthday in person, but now I got to go say it on Facebook just so everyone else doesn't think I'm an asshole because I didn't say happy birthday to him on Facebook, which is faux intimacy, completely yeah. faux intimacy. And so I think that that's, that's what thoughts and prayers, if you say thoughts and prayers, that's what you could be unintentionally communicating. Faux intimacy, because I think that somehow I'm going to help you out by saying this thing. 
to your point, I think if you're in relationship with someone and you understand where they're at with what they're dealing with, there's a lot of ways for you to help them out. Right. You can, you don't have to say thoughts and prayers. You can go have coffee with them. I think, I think like praying for someone should be a last ditch effort. Mm. If you are so disconnected, like if, you know, I'm living in Los Angeles, if you live in New York, you can't do anything for me. You don't have any money. You don't, and not to say like, I'd rather have money than like yeah, your yeah, thought, yeah. but like, you know, you can't help out in any way at all to say you're at least thinking about me. Great. Yeah. That's what I need. It, like, I can't do anything else for you, but I'm thinking about you yeah. and I'm praying for your family. That's perfect. But yeah. like, if you can be there presently and you can say, okay, I'm here. I live down the street. I'm going to jump on Facebook and say thoughts and prayers. It's like, dude, come to my house yes. and like, look me in the eyes and like, give me a hug. Like yep. Yep. whatever the, you know, like that kind of thing is really what, what people need. I think that we, in, in modern society, we, I mean, our houses are perfect, right? Like we open the garage door, drive <laughs> our car in, close the garage door. And we don't even have to go outside to enter the house. We just go through like the, kitchen door that connects to the garage and like you you know you don't know who your neighbor is on this side they like just moved in you've never met them right you probably don't plan on meeting them anytime soon but that's just how modern society right. is instead you might actually meet them first on facebook or whatever before <laughs> right. you ever meet them in person and i think that there's um there's a beauty in almost in like third worldness of like mm. those people really understand each other, their neighbors, they understand yeah. community yeah. way more than like our first world um, countries are like U S or a lot of European countries. That is really, really like something I think we should strive to get back to in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so I would, I would articulate it just slightly differently because as a person who, is very spiritual, and, 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 I, and I hesitate. There's a debate going in spiritual circles about what the world, what the word religious means, and I think it's worthy of a debate. I'm not going to necessarily say we should talk about it right now. Sure. But religion would say you need to pray. Spirituality says there is a resource that is prayer in which you can connect with spiritual beings, right? In my, in my case... Um, I'm praying to Jesus Christ. The, I don't think that it's, that it is bad for you to pray for other people. And I don't think you're saying that either, by the way. No, no, I'm definitely not. But, but to say, but to say, well, I hope God's got that for you. Cause I don't have anything to do with that is where you're going with it, and I think that's 100% correct. Yeah. Is that if you are called to pray and could do something else, why aren't you doing something else? Accountability. Yeah. 100% is what exactly. it is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's the component to it where I think, and I think that when we put when we put religion on top of it, and when religion demands that you take some sort of action, religion says, you know, something. Religion would say something to the effect of, well, if you're not praying, then X, Y, Z might happen to you, or, or, you know. And I would say, well, that's not even that's not even where we're going with this conversation. Religion is probably one of the reasons you're saying it on Facebook, because you feel some obligation to say it in some way, because you're afraid of what might happen to the person if you don't say it, or you're afraid of what might happen to the person if you don't pray. Well, that's weird. That's just weird. Right. So I think that we we can we can take a moment and say like, hey, what what could I do? For the, what, I love I love your your advice. What could I do for this person? You know, can, even if you're if even if they're in New York and you're in LA, can you could you pick up the phone? Could you even see where they're coming from first? I think sometimes we don't take a step back to see where the other person might need us, and even ask them. I could ask you, Josh, would you like me to pray for you? And you might be like, you know what? No, I don't. I don't want. I don't want that now. I'm not in a place where that sounds good to me. Sure. And that should be okay. That should be okay for me to be like, oh, okay. Got it. Because imagine putting yourself in this place. Uh, imagine uh, person 
person B comes up and says, by the way, I'm going to pray to, you know, pick your God. I'm going to pray to Shiva, let's say. I'm going to pray to Shiva for you, Christian person, right? Uh, and I'm only using Christian person as a, we come from a Judeo-Christian heritage, right? So when we say that in America, when, when they pray in Independence Day, yeah. again, drawing back to the film, it is a Jewish prayer. Um, Hebrew. He actually he actually speaks in Hebrew. I only know that because my subtitles nice. said nice. start speaking in Hebrew. Um, well, how would you feel about that if someone else came from their perspective on God, their perspective on religion, and said, I'm going to pray for you in this way? It might take you back a little bit. You might go, wait a minute. That's not what I needed right now. And I think we should all think about that. What would I really want in this circumstance before we just go offer something to it? Yeah, and I think that we we do, we like you kind of said, like when you see a, a post like that on Facebook and you go, Oh yeah, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. My thoughts and prayers. It's like wiping your hands clean, and it's just like, yeah, I did. It's not my problem now. I did what I needed to do. Like it's not, yep. you know, like they know, they see my name, and you know they can take it however they want. I I noticed them. Yep, that's all it is. But it's like we, I don't need to be noticed. Like in the hardest times of my life, I don't want to be noticed. Yeah, I want help. Yeah, in any way possible, or even in the best times of my life, like. When, uh, you know, I get a brand new job that's like the best job I've ever had, and somebody, you know, says, uh, and there's new, there's now like an auto thing now, which is funny, where it says like congrats or congratulations. Oh, yeah. It's like I like that you noticed, yeah. But like when you have, my wife and I got into an argument earlier today, because uh-huh. she told me, funny enough that you said that she told me about her dream. Oh. <laughs> and I, and she, she said this dream, and like the way that she structured the sentence the, at the very end never felt like it was the end of the story. It ah. felt like an end of a sentence, and then there was going to be more. Yeah. So there was like a weird long pause, and I looked at her, and I just went, okay? Thinking, <laughs> thinking saying like, I heard everything you said, and now I want to hear the rest of it. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's it. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> And she was upset because she was hoping for a larger, grandiose response. She wanted you to emotionally connect with her about the experience she had had. Right, exactly. And because I did not, yeah. and I said okay to her face as if, okay, sure, you know, you keep being you, I'll be me over here. Yep. Um, she didn't like that. She wanted a communal connection between the two of us. Totally. And I think that that's exactly what that saying, congrats, or... Thoughts and prayers is it's like I I want you to say I want you to say congrats or I want to say thoughts and prayers, but is there more? Can yes. you make this a personal thing? Yep. Like it's it's the equivalent in this day and age of somebody sending me a Christmas card. <laughs> like right. I live in a world where a greeting card like why is Hallmark still exist? <laughs> it should be like a TV channel, it should no longer be a greeting card thing. Because greeting cards don't do anything for me. They just say, I acknowledge that you have been in my life at some point. Yeah. And I'm sending you a Christmas card with a picture of my family. (laughs) In case you wanted to see what we still look like. Right. And eh, I don't know. Don't get it. I think what you're speaking to is this greater need where we as human beings desire intimate connections in a world that is uber connected in this pseudo fake way, we desire the thing that we're not giving one another when we're trying to show that we care for them. And I think that's like a really important point. Like how can we show people that we cared for them in ways that were more, um, ways that we ourselves crave. Right. And I think we have, uh, you know, I can't speak for all of history, so I don't know, but I think in this time period, as science advances, as technology advances, as the world moves faster Mm -hmm. it is nice to slow down yes and have one-on-one conversations with people i think i think it's why people like podcasts it's why you and i are a making this podcast yep um because it gives us a moment to kind of breathe and just sit down and just say all right uh whatever else we were doing like let's just watch a movie and talk about it 
and people don't have that anymore. And I think it's why people like to listen to podcasts like Sean. I don't know if there's a listener named Sean, but Sean <laughs> is listening to us in his car right now. Yeah. I hope he's up, like, Sean? yeah, it's up Sean. Uh, <laughs> because he, even at a time when he's driving to work and it's a fast, crazy paced life, he wants to enjoy that 30 minute drive to work right. by joining in on a conversation, even if he's just listening and he's saying, yeah, right, right, yeah. You know, like, and yeah. no one's listening to him. But, like, just listening to a podcast in a deeper conversation can slow your pace down and just kind of be a breath of fresh air. Totally. Um, and in the film, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're utilizing prayer, uh, not in a thoughts and prayers type of a way. No. Um, it's a last-ditch effort kind of way. Yeah, and I, th- I do think like there, you you could maybe argue that he's a little bit forceful. It's done for humor, but the character, the dad, Jeff Goldblum's dad, yeah. is a because Jeff Goldblum is sort of saying when he talks to Will Smith, well, there's nothing left for us to do, even though there is actually, and they do that later because they kind of run out of more options, if you will. Right. But the first thing is he's like, well, I guess we just, I guess we just pray. When it cuts to his dad, his dad is like, come on in here. You need to pray with us. And the guy's like, well, I'm not Jewish. And the guy's like, you're not perfect or whatever. No, no one's, nobody's perfect. Come on in and pray. It's a little forceful. It's a little over the top. It'd be better if he invited him in, right? Well, do you want to pray? We're actually doing a prayer circle. Don't need to pray if you don't want to, right? Right. Uh, be a little bit better that way. Uh, but it is something that we can... Let's build intimacy. Let's build intimacy not just online, but offline as well. And let's do this thing called humanity in the best way we possibly can together if we possibly can as well. Yeah. So that's it, man. We I don't know how long that was because uh, my <laughs> software is not telling me, but it's way longer than I always anticipated being. Right. But fantastic conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on again. Probably will not have a Story Geeks version of the next Gold Blooming podcast. So make sure you get out to uh, Network 1901 if you yeah. want to hear us talk about Gold Bloom. And we're going to be talking about the Life Aquatic on the next episode. Yeah, which is going to be really interesting. I've only seen that movie once. I've only seen it once, too, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Cool. So go check out Josh. Um, Head over to network1901.com. You can find all the stuff they're working on. You can also see all of his stuff at modernmouseboutique.com. All new website. Brand new. Yeah, with yours truly featured on one of the pictures. That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a selling factor for anyone, but just in case it is, you can go check it out. It's a selling factor for you. <laughs> exactly, It's yeah. very specific marketing. It's the only reason I go back and click on it, right, just yeah. to see myself. Um, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having a deep conversation about Jeff Goldblum, Independence Day, and Aliens, aliens. and Prayer. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Uh, As you guys always know, we say question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.